Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. And it's the second episode of Killing Ground. Yeah! BPRD's Killing Ground. This is a crazy story. I can't wait to get to it. It's insane. (laughs) It's so crazy. Uh, it's yeah things are going wild I love it uh, a lot of mystery I love that it's pushed the story forward but god there's a lot of questions so um, many <laughs> uh, but before we can get to the um, the killing or the killing ground I keep saying wanting to say the killing ground but that's not the proper title it is killing ground <laughs> just killing ground we got a couple of things I want to talk about uh, the first <laughs> thing is um, I'm just going to title this segment because I didn't know how to where to put it, but it's a dumb and funny. I I bet a lot of listeners have heard about this, but this segment I'm calling is I'm gonna is that Hellboy news? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm unsure. Um, this Hellboy adjacent. From, yeah, Hellboy adjacent. It's a very silly thing. This comes from I'm pulling from www.news.com.au for Australia slash lifestyle. And then Australian.com. But this is just footage and images that of people swimming in with manta rays in Australia. And it was done by like a drone footage. (laughs) And amongst them, people swimming with the manta rays was a very terribly sunburnt man who's bright. Yeah, it's disgusting to the point of how red he is. But they um, they caught him on this camera, and the vi- the image and the video went viral, and people have do- deemed him Hellboy. <laughs> Australian so Hellboy. Dumb. He's the reddest I've ever seen. He looks like he's... I called him this when you first showed him to me. He looks like the fucking Kool-Aid man. Yes. He's so red. He's like a crayon. Can you imagine that? I didn't know you could turn that shade. The only time I've ever seen something that red as a suntan is in a movie called Summer Rental where John Candy falls asleep and get and he oh gets roasted God. and he's super red. So the fact that that is in real life and that guy is just... Dave. I started to watch Summer Rental the other day. It's very <laughs> funny you that you bring really? that up. Yeah. I got I got like 20 minutes in and I was like, I'm going to watch Uncle Buck instead. Oh, I'm a huge Summer Rental fan. I should finish it. I should finish it. I think like Dan Aykroyd busted in on John Candy and his wife like kissing. And I was like, this is so I weird think you're right mis- now. I think you're thinking of The Great Outdoors. Oh, I am thinking of The Great Outdoors. You're thinking Great Outdoors. Dan Aykroyd uh, is in that. The My Summer Rental's a different one. Summer What's rentals summer where rental? they summer rentals where him and uh, John Candy and his family they like rent a U-Haul like trailer and they go on like a uh, like Carl Reiner um, rest in peace who just passed yeah he directed it and I okay, just I'll give that I, we, a shot we owned it on VHS growing up and it's just it, you know it's close to my heart even if it That's I, the, well sorry to sorry to mistakenly talk trash on it I I was I had That's all okay. my, I had my John Candy's mixed up. The, it it could be as dated. I haven't watched it in a while. <laughs> I do remember there's a f- growing up Rip Torn's in it, and Rip Torn's funny. I, I do there's think a lot Rip of funny Torn's stuff funny. in it. The villain is great. It's the you remember the the actor that's like Rambo's like uh, general that he like respects. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the villain in oh, uh, some God. rental. There's a lot of great stuff in it. That one of the first parts is like they go to a house, they think it's their rental house, and they get on, and this black family comes home, and it's their house, <laughs> which I like. This is their house, and yeah. you guys, this white family's in the wrong house, and it's it's. Uh, I think it's a very funny scene. Uh, I'll give it a watch. I truly. I, oh, he's like distinctly younger in this too. Yeah, I like it. I think he's the fam- like a I think- baby in this. John Candy in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a whole sequence where he one of the places they stay, there's a neighbor who has like had a new boob job and keeps showing him and it makes him nervous because he's just like because he keeps the he's like, I don't want to be here. And he's and he thinks that the husband's going to come home and beat him up. <laughs> that like sort of happens in Uncle Buck, too. Probably. where He's like, 
the like the neighbor starts dancing with him and then his like fiance wa- or you know like girlfriend or whatever walks in and he's like no it's uh, a lot of a lot of misunderstandings in in those movies with like yeah uh, this is a mistake uh yeah so that's the sunburn that's australian hellboy yeah, so I guess that's Hellboy news. <laughs> yeah. He looks fucking crazy. Like, give him a Google. It's worth looking at. Like, he's just walking sun poisoning, dude. Yeah, disgusting. He just took, like, 10 years off his fucking life. Ugh. Or, yeah, or he's gonna, yeah, it's, ugh. He's gonna, his skin's gonna come off like a lizard, like, in one big piece. Ugh. Sorry. It just really, for sorry. some reason, made me... I'm so sorry. You did no, you're right. physically gag. You are very right. Okay, let's move on immediately. <laughs> All right. Uh, this next... This is not a segment, but this next thing before we get to the, the story of Killing Ground, it's just a big thank you to a listener and also a comic book writer and creator or co-creator who created Metal Shark Bro, which we have discussed in the past. I recently, just during COVID and stuff, I try to find ways when I do have a little extra money to help people out by purchasing directly from them. If I can, I bought, got both the trades. They look directly, awesome. Yeah, from Kevin Kuf, uh, Kuf, Cuff, C-U-F-F-E. Um, he is one of the creators of this. I'm trying to quickly look at the credits to see. So he is one of the writers. It's Bob France and Kevin Cuff are the writers. The artist is Walter Otsley. Otsley. I, I'm probably butchering these fucking names. Otsley and sounds then, like a name. Yeah. It's and then editor and letter is Chaz uh, Pangburn. So I, I I liked this. We got to check out an early version of it, like a digital version that he shared with us back then. I was like, hey, I can get these in trades. I bought them directly from him, which I like. So it doesn't have to go through any third party. And then he put a he he signed them. Kevin did and put these really funny things in it, like where he has the character saying, "Ah oh, crap, it's MDC," <laughs> and then the other character getting choked, which is Metal Shark Bro says, "I love that podcast." <laughs> it's fucking great. That's so nice. That's like it's the so nicest fun. thing. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love it. And he says, thanks for the support. And I'm like, of course, I like, you know, independent comics. We got them out there. You got to support yeah. that stuff. That's so cool. And in addition to what I I bought, he sent me like an originally signed issue one of the first Metal Shark Bro, which is very nice of him. It was very Ooh. cool. Yeah. Put that in a sleeve immediately. Yeah. And then, um, and then he sent me a little enamel pin. Because there's a character in the first one that's like the the eyeball with wings who has a little, a, like a bowler hat, and it's like an enamel pin of the bowler hat. Oh, which awesome! Is very fucking cool and great. So big thank you to Kevin out there. Thank he you for up. that. Yeah, he really did. Um, but again, that just shows we should be supporting indie comics at yeah, any man. chance you can get. So do that, do that, <laughs> do that, do that. But that's it. Um, I'm gonna now. Let's fuck it. Let's get into this this. Killing Ground, which it's is so I, nuts. It's a wild story. It's um, crazy. Okay, okay. I'm so, gonna give it over to you. Give us a recap, like just the, like the where we left off. Yeah, we'll run Give it us down. some credits. I'll give you some credits real quick. Uh, written by John Arcudi and Mike Mignola. Uh, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley, Boo, of course. Boo. And yeah, so we, at the end of the second issue, Damia's kind of bugging out because his healer, who usually comes and helps him contain his like bestial form, has been ripped to fucking shreds by the, by the Wendigo, <laughs> is what we're assuming. The Wendigo's, uh, uh, cell is ripped open so he's also escaped and that's kind of where where we're at at the end of that like you know Liz is sort of like talking to Anya about her dreams a little bit sort of like opening up about this stuff that she has been really keeping secret for like a year or more now like it's been a while that she's kind of just living with this and like having insomnia and being all you know, driving herself crazy and being driven crazy by some mysterious figure. Oh, and also Johan is like off, like at a bar having a wild, like hedonistic time because he's got a body back. So that's what he's doing. He's like not <laughs> yeah. in the headquarters. He's away. He just wanted some ass. Yeah. It's... And that's where it picks up for the this third 
third installment. He's like in the middle. He's in a bed taking up most of the space surrounded by two ladies. And then the bed is surrounded by like half naked or naked bodies of like (laughs) men and women. There's like beer bottles everywhere. Like he had a fucking wild party. And then shacked up in this little house. Uh, I love this cell phone shot from, when was this published? 2007? The flip phone? Yeah, you got a (laughs) sweet flip phone display, which feels like a historical artifact at this point. It's so crazy. I mean, really, it's the only thing that super, like, dates the comic, I think, is just the cell phone. Because, like, any of the other technology is, like, you know, crazy military technology or something. Like, it kind of is, like, it, it just has a longer shelf life, I guess, than a specific cell phone, which is just funny to me. I agree. I mean, there may be some technology they use, like in the next couple, the next page, like the the like the viewing windows are very like... Yeah, very pixelated. Pixelated, but it's like, it's still not like far-fetched. I still am like, oh yeah, I've watched a video that somebody sent on an open, like, it's just like QuickTime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and that, uh, yeah, that's fine. Like, Abe is sitting there watching, yeah, security cam of the cell footage of like or excuse me security yeah of the like cell where he was being where the wendigo was being uh contained he's like i don't know how he got out into the hallway kate's bugging out she's like listen there's a lot of my plate johan's not answering me we gotta go find this wendigo creature before he you know turns somebody else into pulp and Abe's kind of like, hey, it's OK. And she's like, it's really fucking not because we got a lot of problems. I got to go find some flamethrowers to kill this fucking thing. And it's it. this is a lot of pressure for yeah. somebody who was like, you know, she was like working in like she was doing like research and like history and stuff like that. And now she's like kind of in this very high pressure leadership role in a moment where a lot of violent shit is happening right on their doorstep Mm -hmm. or like in their own, you know, in their home. She's like, yeah, I sent two guys down, two red shirts down to the (laughs) like basement to go get the flamethrowers. These guys are like the two dumbest BPRD agents (laughs) that they got. They don't even have like separate, like they have the little flashlights on their like flak jackets or whatever these are. They're looking for the flamethrowers. They discover a box with something, you know, some empty thing. And they're like, hey, maybe the monster did come down here into this room. And they're like kind of giggling and being silly. Like, what would you want explosives for? Like, they're not really like they're not like calling it in. They're not taking it seriously. But we see this mysterious figure who we saw in the previous issues who like stole the BPRD agent's info. And Mm -hmm. he's like hiding in the corner with some sort of crazy ass gun, like a huge gun that like spawned would carry or some shit yeah it looks very spawn-esque yeah <laughs> like you're it's like, like wow. super wide and like <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> daimyo's like bugging out because he doesn't know where this healer is he's like he was supposed to be here he seems to be like taunted by this little monkey friend of his grandma's that she somehow like used or whatever uh whatever this little like spirit spiritual creepy demony monkey is doing here and he seems to look at this creature and it says they think they know don't they they don't know i know and he's like intensely looking at it and then he picks up the jar that it's in smashes it and it like explodes into bits because it's very very old this is i i love this scene particularly i don't know why it just feels the flow of it is so well done and yeah again it's like this is like Guy Davis and Arcudi, like really showing a cinematic side of. Absolutely. I love just being able to like with the simplest touch of like being able to get into Daimyo's psyche at the time of like his stress with yeah. simple imagery. I love that like the the mask and the monkey in the jar is like rotted and then just like the simplest close up on an alive smile just conveys everything we need to know of like what's going on that's great yeah it's like super grotesque and it's like these shadows are overcoming him and you just get yeah you get the sense that he's feeling the pressure too and could snap at any minute or change into this monster at any minute then we've got Johan trying to get back up to the BPRD headquarters but he's being snowed out they're like just show us your ID it's no big deal and he's like okay uh well listen I gotta get up there like (laughs) be like uh how can I explain this my credentials are expired um (laughs) 
Uh, oh, and uh, previously, Daimyo had been on the phone with Kate, who was like, you got to get here. We got to like you got to kind of lead these troops and help us with this situation. He was like, you take point. I trust you. And she's like, uh, OK. And now so that's what she's doing. She's kind of like relaying to these BPRD like soldiers almost uh, like uh, about their communication systems that they're going to be using. It's like all internal, basically. So we as the reader knows there's not going to be any way that she can communicate with like Johan or anybody else on the outside. It's kind of like gives you this sort of claustrophobic feeling, even though there are so many of them, it's like these monsters are fucking tough. So it's going to be a rough time for all those guys. Kate is fully, or excuse me, Liz is like fully falling asleep and she like can't, she like can't help at the moment. And Kate seems to be like pretty understanding of it. She's like, she's like kind of just leaves her alone, like leaves her be. Cause she's got to sort of deal. Like Kate has to deal with the situation at hand and she can't spend too much time helping Liz out at the moment. Yeah. It's very, it's very, I don't know what, how to describe it, but it's like, it's like you're understanding, but you're just like, what is going on? It's such an interesting moment in this story. It's such at a high, like, it, the stress level for everybody is so high. Yeah. And Liz is such in a different place of just clearly this mysterious figure that is in her dreams is like literally draining her energy. Oh, yeah. And everybody's just sort of like. I mean, Kate in particular, like you said, is just, it's okay. We'll come, we'll figure this out later. We have yeah. other big, bigger fish to fry right now, I guess. And Liz says it later in, I forget if it's this issue or the next one, but she's like, they're, I think they're scared of me because she's kind of reverting back to this place where she was when she first became a ward of the BPRD and she yeah. had just killed her family and all these people. And like, so she's, a potentially very dangerous person mm-hmm. who, if she's having a tough time, you sort of have to like they would normally want to be there to help her, I think. But they don't have the time to invest right now. They have a very pressing matter of a monster is loose in the BPRD headquarters, <laughs> yeah. which is where we come to next. There's like this Jackson Pollock splatter of blood and viscera and bone all over this hallway. It's so nasty. The yeah. way like it's chunks. like <laughs> chunks and blood and then just like parts of like, like faces that you can recognize. It's yeah. Whoa. Dude, I read, okay, this is a tangent. I read this okay. story about, um, this weirdo asshole, like incel guy who was making his own homemade bomb to like, bring to a mall and blow people up like the cops or the feds or whoever was investigating it like found all this weird shit in his house he said he got cut by a lawnmower trying to like clean a lawnmower or fix a lawnmower or something he fucking blew his hands off Uh he has like two fingers left but they said when they went in to investigate it they found like in his shed or his basement or whatever like creepy hole he was making this bomb in there were chunks of flesh like on the ceiling and in the blinds and stuff and like that they were like oh this guy like blew himself up and then they found they found like all of the like ingredients to make bombs and stuff like and stuff like that and people on the internet were kind of laughing at him but it's also fucking terrifying it's like so scary that you can pretty much make you can find that stuff online and like make a fucking bomb. Sorry, that's like been on my mind, and I yeah, it's understandable. That's and on this your mind. picture made me think of it of you know uh, pieces of faces on the ceiling. The idea of blowing my hands off and then just going like oh, uh, going to the hospital, and going like yeah, lawnmower, a lawnmower, um, shredded like I shoved both of my hands into the lawnmower blades. Gross. Ugh, how did he even get to the hospital? You know, I don't what I mean? know. Oof. Yeah. I I really, truly don't know. I think he lived with his mom. Terrifying. Oh, I, I read the article once and I was like, this is a fucking nightmare. And I don't know. But if anybody, you know, you could Google it. I'm sure you would find this guy right away. Oof. If if you want to have nightmares. Uh, this is Oy. less scary than that. Uh, <laughs> these guys are. <laughs> yeah, I'll take I'll take two big monsters. Yeah, I'll around. take a Wendigo rather than this very real person who is like, 
I'm going to blow up a cheerleader or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, uh, so all like this small group of soldiers, of four soldiers, is like, how many bodies am I looking at? Like, I don't want to call this guy's family and tell him that, you know, he's eviscerated. Then it's uh, cuts to the Wendigo's ripping at the doors these like huge hangar doors of the BPRD agents are just like filling him with bullets, but it's not doing anything. Kate's like, that's not going to do shit. Where the hell are those guys with the flamethrowers? The Wendigo escapes into this blizzard. So it's like, bye. And then an operator calls Kate on her headset and it's like, Johan's trying to call, trying to communicate with us. She's like, tell him to get his fucking ass up here. (laughs) (laughs) And that's pretty much it. Then Daimyo finally joins the the crew. Everybody's still like hanging out in this huge hangar area. And he congratulates the person who was taking point on having no casualties in the presence of this insane monster that they were facing. He was like, yeah, the... It never even tried to hurt us. So, you know, don't congratulate me. It's And at the time, I think you're supposed to think that it's the healer transformed into the Wendigo because that's what they imply in the second issue. But, you know, we as... Yeah, as, re- reading as ahead, readers we know of some ahead, yeah, we, we know I, a couple things I here. mean, we can, we'll, we'll, we can drop a little bit of that. I, I, I'm assuming people have listened, but I've, I really think they do a good job of surprising us. Yeah. Really well. They keep things. So when you're reading it, I, I was very like uh, pleasantly surprised about the reveals that showed the behind everything. In addition to that, this is Devin, I believe. Devin's the guy that uh, w- went with Kate to the uh, the Fabre's like hidden place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's that the, agent. Like the, that like the French hundreds trucking. of years old like uh, yeah, asshole no. who was like keeping the book yeah and kept the demons i th- and all that and check until kate got hold of the ring it's great i just like i like when you get a character like that to come back yeah calling him back oh yeah you're you're totally right i love it <laughs> that's awesome and then yeah and like kate's just or excuse me i keep calling liz kate Blah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Liz is discussing her dreams a little bit more. Panya's like, you have to talk to your friends about this, basically. You have to tell people. And Liz is so scared and intimidated by this figure that's been appearing to her in her dreams that she's, like, convinced that she can't. But Panya, like, pretty quickly is able to kind of, like, scratch that surface and have Liz open up a little bit more about the dreams. Tanya's like, and and it's not so bad, is it? And she admits, no, it's not. As soon as she does that, she looks over and sees the this mysterious figure looming there in the shadows. She bursts out after him, chasing him. He seems to, I get the like, the sense of movement here is really cool. Like, I get the move, the sense that he's moving like, he's his body is completely stationary, but he's like, his like, Um, limbs are stationary, but he's just like rushing back away from her uh, in a very like bizarre dreamlike movement. I agree. It's very cool. And they do that only in like two panel or one panel. They give you that impression that he's just slowly moving away from her. She's like bolting at him and he's completely, his arms are completely still and still facing her. So you get this like really cool, like you said earlier, like cinematic sense of what's happening, like, like almost like in a in a horror movie, or like in I feel like in Blues Brothers, like the way the nun moves in Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's like that, like they're on a fucking skateboard or something. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. I can see that. It's like that classic Spike Lee shot when they put people on dollies. Yeah, and then they yeah. move forward or back. <laughs> it's so cool. And and this figure is, like, talking to her still. She's chasing him down, like, basically continuing to tell her, like, you can't trust anybody but me. And Liz is finally, like, somewhat regaining her power, like, saying to him, you're the one who made me weak. You're the one I shouldn't trust. And then she suddenly, like, snaps out of it. And she's pointing at Daimyo. Weird. And he's like, are you, what? You need some sleep. Like, even Daimyo is going through, like, this horrible thing at the moment. Is like, okay, you got to go to the infirmary. You're kind of losing it. 
Um, I love this. I love his dialogue where he says, the, try those pills they gave O'Donnell, the crazy, the crazy bearded yeah. professor that yelled about Saduhem and all that. They knock him out <laughs> like Tyson. <laughs> and then, yeah, so Liz is kind of like, She's like a little out of it still, but she's walking away. You know, she's clearly still going through it. She's seeing this figure now, even in her like waking moments. Daimyo enters a room, his His room. office, right? Yeah. His room, or his quarters. And then there's a huge fucking explosion. Liz is knocked forward. Kate and Abe are just around the corner. They come running and already the like sprinklers are going. There's a ton of confusion. Devin shows up right behind them too. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then gunshots start coming from the, f from like back where the flames are, are and nobody's hit. But then we see this, that mysterious figure looming over them with stay back written in black on the wall. And that's the end of chapter three. Like, and you're like, what the fuck is this guy up to? It's really like, I mean, you knew it was going to be bad. Like the buildup to it was bad. And now it's, it's like, oh yeah, he's trying to blow up. He's trying to kill someone here. Yeah. And there's so much, there's so many cool things that they, I really like the storytelling in this, this, this story because it does, they're using mystery or like intrigue and mystery in the best way of a storyteller can do. Cause there's, there's nothing that can, they never get to the point where they confuse you. They just create questions. And I love it. Like even, I mean, there's the obvious of what's the biggest question, like what the hell just happened to Damio or uh, Daimyo and the other one is, I love that they're like, when I first read this last final page, I was like, why the hell does it say stay back on the wall? I was like, yeah. what is that? But that's yeah. going to get revealed is like a, it's the simplest thing, but it's so part of like, it's such a cool reveal. Yeah, of what it's that like, is. Why? I think it because even though it's like a uh, relatively small thing, it's like on top of all the other mystery that's been building up in, in this run, it's like. What the fuck? Like, what is happening? Like, you find yourself really needing to have the next issue already, uh, which luckily we do. <laughs> Hell yeah. And, <laughs> chapter four. Chapter four. Um, just starts right back up where we left off. Yeah, oh, real Devin, quick, real quick. Oh, yeah, we didn't yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about the, the, the second cover. Let's talk oh, about the, yeah. the, the both the, since we're now going on a trip. Let's talk about both covers real quick. Yeah, dude. Chapter three. I'm pulling it up. I mean, the chapter three is just I love I love this use of red. They continue to like motif of the covers is this red. Yeah, it's really uh, cool. And I like how we have like this jaguar, which we assume is the jaguar god that he that Daimyo had to deal with, and then we have like those little like fucking. Kabuki monkeys behind him and Damio just in the for the foreground with his gun and then more bones. <laughs> just tons of bones. Killing ground, man. Killing ground. You know it's gonna be lethal as hell. For well, for chapter four, the cover we have Damio now shirtless. And you would assume I would say like, he's naked. I would I wouldn't think he I think he's naked. Oh yeah. Hold on, I'm looking at a really small version. Because <laughs> the color, oh yeah, he is naked. The color one is the like full color oh, one. Oh right, on I'm the looking at color, and you're look. You would normally have the black, the yeah, the, the black and white. Yeah, I pulled up one that was the all the different colors that it was originally published in, but it was like a thumbnail. It was like really small, but yeah, he's totally naked. He's got. I love that the the like figure of the jaguar creature demon is engulfing him. Like you could kind of interpret it as like a different shape, but it, of course it's like the many many teeth of this demon. And it overlaps him in a cool way where it looks like it could almost be like scar tissue or something. Yeah, from it's, it's, his almost, it's, yeah it's matching the side of his face a little bit too. Yeah. Where his scar is. is. It's really, really cool. And I love the I love the uh, um I love the eye, the eye at the center and his head sort of being like the pupil of the eye. I love that simplicity, that simple yeah. design. It's really cool. And the use of the red is great. And just, you know, a little some more bones and <laughs> Some more sick ass bones. And I saw in the sketchbook at the end, like they had some of like the collaboration between Mignola and uh, Guy Davis of like what the creature was going to look like. Uh -huh. So if you have the compiled version, like definitely check that out because they're really, really cool. You sort of see like the steps that they took 
in developing this creature. And it's really fucking neat. Yeah, I'm glancing at it real fast before we move on to the story, and it's very fucking cool. Yeah. The combination, the sort of like the evolution of where they landed is really... I like that in the sketchbook they used color, too. They played yeah. with color in there with the red yeah. on the creature. It's very cool. Solid work, those guys. <laughs> They're good. They're good at this. Uh, <laughs> then we got... Oh, yeah, so we have this, this like mysterious soldier standing over Devin and Abe, and Devin's like, what should we do? Abe's like, well, that guy shot at me. And he fucking lights him up, <laughs> blasts him in the chest with this his own huge gun and pretty much blows his fucking top off of the bottom. It's wild. It's I, it's wild that this guy's dead. Abe is such and Abe has in the last story, Garden of Souls or Gar yeah, Garden of Souls, proved that he can hold his own as like like as an agent, right? Yeah. He always has sort of. He always had a, been a good shot and a little more resilient as an agent in the sense of his his train he's shown his training better than a, like a Hellboy. But this gun that he used that split this man in two shocked me. It sh shocked it's crazy. me. Crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, Abe just fucking murdered the hell out of that guy. But I guess, you know, it's justified. He like is he's yeah. thinking like, oh, this guy just killed Daimyo possibly like and he's shooting at us. So, you know, self-defense, I guess he is. He's fucking blasted him. Uh, Kate's wild. like, who is this guy? Yeah, so they're like, yeah, we just got to call the fire crew. I don't know what's going on with Daimyo. And then Daimyo slash Jaguar demon emerges from the flames that used to be Daimyo's quarters. And it's so cool and terrifying because you get the sense that it's just like lurching out of there. Yeah. And like completely engulfed in flames from behind him and uh, just staggering past like, but I guess everybody's kind of being thrown to the side. So maybe it's moving a little faster. These crazy like bone protrusions from the neck are so effective and creepy and just bizarre as well as like the way that they have the daimyo like scar slash like jaws of the creature yeah, continue down the neck. Yeah. And over the shoulder. It's ugh. yeah. It's crazy looking. It's really cool. And it like hovers over Liz for a second and they're going to try to blast him. Liz starts to like light up her fingertips and then hears the voice of that mysterious figure, whom do you trust? And she kind of just lies there. And as they start like shooting, like uh, like Devin and Abe start shooting at the creature at Daimyo and it gets away. And then he's Real like, quick, we oh, got to yeah. talk about the first time we see his full body. Those back, that back end of him is so fucking creepy as hell. He's like, like ripped open. Yeah, this the design like and the layout. Disemboweled, you know, like totally, like yeah. You you've talked about this before, Kate, and I, I'm gonna misquote you or, or butcher what you said, but like similar to like what Guillermo, you said Guillermo del Toro when he creature, it's like sort of taking things away that like seem a little. He, there was a, oh yeah, like the facial features, like when he was talking about like when little kids draw monsters, they'll draw basically a person but like one thing will be changed and that was his inspiration for in pan's labyrinth the monster that has the eyeballs the and the palms yeah i feel like guy davis is a definitely a kindred spirit for guillermo yeah this when creature I look at this definitely is like bizarre in a yeah it like the limbs like the especially the like front limbs look broken like however many like joints this thing has yeah you know it's it looks like it moves in a gross way it has these like sort of like retracted claw paw sort of hands and yeah the way that the legs continue up to where like you would think you would have like hip bones and a spine there's like just nothing there and it really does like mess you up because you're like how is this thing even moving or operating it's Ugh. basically looks like its guts are hanging out 
it's so uneasy to look at, and that's what makes it a great carrot, like a great monster design. Yeah, totally. I, because I do think this thing I gotta get. I gotta give it to Guy Davis, and also when I, I know that he continued even after leaving BPRD, he can, has continued to work for like with Guillermo, I believe, and with some of the productions he's produced or been involved. Yeah. And Guy Davis just just continued to do like character design for stuff, which that's is cool. Great. This character design is work is what was I gonna say? I can't even remember what I was going to say. What was I saying, Kate? I just, I'm mesmerized by Guy Davis's work here as a a, a creator of monsters. It's just super unique. Yeah, it's like a great take on like, it it doesn't just feel like the jaguar or like puma version of a werewolf. It feels like its own creature in a big way. Like it doesn't just feel like a palette swapped werewolf. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, in the, uh, everything about this, his creature work and this, particularly this, is just so good. It oh, yeah, really, dude. It's frightening. And I love that it. All well, of this his, what I like, uh, monsters and stuff are really cool. Like, all of his, like, sadu hems and shit. They're great. Yeah. And I think this is what I wanted to say. And I, I, I eluded my brain for a moment. Is that the biggest fear, I think, with monster creation is that which happens a lot in movies is that we're scared leading up to it. The, uh, the, when we keep the monster in its unknown state of like, what is it? What is it? It keeps us frightened. Like the anticipation and the unknown is always. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of times what happens in a movie is as soon as you get a big, a, a good shot of the, the fucking monster, we're like, Oh, that's it. And we, we tend to be either it gets criticized or we just lose a little bit of that fear because we're like, look at that guy. Davis has proved right here that he can create a monster as soon. It's scary when it's emerging from the flames and we're unsure what it is, but it's in full view. I'm fucking still terrified and maybe even a little more of Guy Davis's monsters. Because it's grotesque. Like you said, it's like totally bizarre. (laughs) Did you ever watch The Ritual? I think I brought it up on the podcast before a while ago. It's this Netflix movie. No, but you have mentioned it. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, it's not like the best movie in the world, but I think that the design of the thing in the movie, like I don't want to give too much away or whatever, but I think is really worth you know even if you were fast forwarding through the beginning or doing like I think I said this before like where we sort of fast forward through points of it of a bad movie (laughs) yeah Uh, Jess calls it the Thompson treatment because I'm just going through it really fast. Um, you, should, uh, you should create a you should create a, a, a spinoff podcast called The Thompson yeah. Treatment. Just my abridged movies. It's like the, <laughs> yeah. the Kate Thompson cut is 15 minutes and it only includes like the craziest looking parts. Um, yes, you should create it's that. Not fair to, it's not fair to movie creators or anything. But like, I, I, I mean, I've, I did watch all of The Ritual. I thought it was a cool movie. And I don't, I, I'm not calling it bad. I'm just saying it's it's kind of long and the, the reveal of this cool thing that I'm talking about is not, is close to the end. So mm-hmm. if that's all you're interested in, rather than watching the whole movie, cut to the end. It, it's really fucking cool. Or just Google ritual creature because it's badass. But yeah, it leaves a lasting impression. Like you said, like it's like a really original monster is worth is worth revealing, I think, and showing like fully in the light like this. I think it, it's so cool. And yeah, they're like, hey, did you notice that had Daimyo's fucking harness on it? Yes, I did. <laughs> Kate's checking in on Liz. She's fucking checked out. She's totally out of it. She's in this ornate, beautifully decorated room with this mysterious figure. You trust me. Yes like in the small voice so she is getting like completely hypnotized the doctors are checking her out and they're like i don't know her like vitals are good but she's totally conked out so we don't know what's wrong she's like in a comatose state her eyes are wide open her eyes are open and she's just not responsive whatsoever then we see the continuing transformation of daimyo into this creature which is like fucking nasty like you get the sense of like the organs changing this is like all these like bulbous organ shapes in this one panel are wild. Like yeah. the blue the blue veins 
underneath the tissue is really gnarly and just gross. Everything in this panel right here, which I love because I and I sort of like from last episode how I was like, guys, you should watch the rewatch the thing and all this. And as I was reading this, I was like, I sort of burnt that reference early. The thing still applies. (laughs) Because I almost feel like that Guy Davis I mean, I, I would love to find an interview or somebody talking to him about this or have the, the option. I would love to have him on here one day. But to talk about his creature work and specifically this page, which shows this transformation you're discussing. Yeah. How it feels very inspired by old horror movie special effects. Yeah, be, I mean, be, immediately I thought of American Werewolf in London. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I was like, that yeah. that, and the thing where I'm like, oh, we're just the idea and the limitations of the special effects, I think almost helped it make it more grotesque. Totally. Of, and which I love. Because <laughs> you can't, I mean, even with like CGI, it's really hard to fake the funk of like a real human being screaming while (laughs) there's like and it's just it's just cool it's like how did they film that how did they do that with actual physical material and Mm -hmm. like puppetry and shit it's so astounding when somebody's able to convincingly make something horrific with just like fabric and rubber and latex or whatever like i love it yeah i know i I love it too and i think that there is something to be said about like you're making me think of a american werewolf in uh, in paris is it in paris london sorry london London. the original that sequence where he first changes which is horrifying you really break it down and it's just a series of like one like shots yeah you never have like a from what i remember you don't really pull back and watch the whole transformation ever it's like i think you see him like wiggling on the ground i have to rewatch it but it's like but it is built by shots and essentially that's what he's doing here is he's breaking it down into these panels yeah that just lets us there's the grotesque one shot but then our imagination fills in it all it's great Mm -hmm. yeah you get the feeling of like growing and the pain like how much it must hurt it's rough (laughs) and and this uh bit of like kate's dialogue that is like echoing over this transformation page and somewhere out there a man i've known for three years has changed into god knows what so since we're reading everything relatively quickly I was I like forgot that oh yeah this is like three years that they've all that this character has been introduced and so we've like been living with this guy for a long time and so has all so have all of the characters in BPRD yeah um, so this is truly like you know as a fan reading these as they're coming out that must have been like so it must have been even more rough to see the pain that he's going through and like it's such like a big payoff too to finally see it like we know that something's been hinted at for such a long time so it's rewarding and also punishing (laughs) for sure it's crazy (laughs) they have this like one page of like a guy being like i'm gonna get transferred out of here working at for the bprd sucks Uh, uh, like i'm whatever branch of the military i'm in i'm going to a different spot and the guy's like oh you don't like taking orders from a fish man you're a specious like they're having like this silly conversation or whatever but then they discover two of their agents tied up uh and like knocked out so you're like who the fuck did that and then everybody is basically just patrolling looking for this monster somebody runs into it and the the jaguar is like pretty much fully transformed at this point yeah it's Crazy. This sequence of from them patrolling, bottom of the panel, bottom of the page, that final panel, Doc, Doctor, it's here. The growl coming through. I love, I love that the growl is leading with the shadow of the the claw. Yeah. I love that. And then the next, like, the next panel is the, like Kate getting everybody in gear. Like, come on, let's go. Musgrove, must like trying to get confirmation from him. Everyone to the infirmary. And then that bottom panel taking up most of the majority of the page that guy is he just ripped apart ripped apart by the jaguar he's got like claw marks on his forehead that look deep that like meaning like it went right through his skull and his yeah his jaw is ripped open 
It's fucking crazy looking. Oh. It's nasty. It's genuinely like pretty gross. And I love this Jaguars is full form where it's like it has remnants reminiscence of its transformation, but it's like in this full, like you said, like full god jaguar formation yeah like it has a tail now it's got like it's still got the like neck protrusions but they're like transformed into spikes on either side of his neck sort of like more human like fingers but still pretty much claws and it's just badass looking it's really really cool and i think i love i love also in that that last panel just like the progression of information over like the comms is done so well because we end yeah. on like i think damio's going after liz and it just keeps driving this this high oct- octane is the only word i could come up with high octane like story forward i love that. oh yeah yeah the momentum is just charging along at this point yeah so we see liz in her mind back in this dream state in sort of this like ancient looking jungle being where we've been before with her with these two being guided by this man who's like sort of continuing to hypnotize her a little bit in a weird way try to like draw her into this dream world more because she can hear yeah I'm assuming the guns and the the violence going on around her in the infirmary because she's like, what was that? And he's like, uh, what's wrong? Try here. Did you see something here? I heard. Didn't you hear something? He's like, yes, of course I did. But it's nothing like he's just trying to be like, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to do with you, even though it's literally <laughs> right there and all about her. Uh, yeah, the infirmary. Then we see like an infirmary sign with blood and gore splattered all over it. Daimyo's just going... <laughs> like wild ripping these guys to shreds decapitating and dismembering bprd agents left and right and kate at first is like how many fucking monsters do we have because it looks so different but abe is like it's the same one can't you smell it maybe like abe has heightened senses or something but but the creature's like way faster now it's just like about to chomp kate's face off when it gets punched by johan Johan's like, sorry, I'm late, and then just starts scrapping with the thing. Like, <laughs> I love this. I got it. I love this action. This very '80s. It's almost. Yeah. A, it feels like a reference to an '80s movie, especially since he went out and called himself Arnold. It's almost like yeah. he wants to be Commando. <laughs> yeah, he showed up and he's in like just a big leather jacket and like blue jeans, and he's ripping this thing by the tail and doing like wrestling moves on it basically (laughs) yeah breaking its bones and doing all kinds of stuff like you know putting them in a headlock and they're just abe and kate are just like yeah i guess you kind of having a huge superhuman body is pretty helpful in situations like this like you know (laughs) this is like normally where where hellboy would come in just start like walloping on something yeah. Uh, but now Johan's <laughs> taking care of business. He smashes the Jaguar through a wall and <laughs> then he's like, yeah, we're done now. Right. But then as soon as he like pauses, the Jaguar gets its footing, jumps onto Johan's new body and rips his fucking jaw off like we've seen him do before. And this part's oh. so disgusting. Johan's trying to like hold his face back on. Kate runs up. Johan, are you okay? Can you hear me? We see a ghost-like figure emerging from Johan's body. Which we first just assume, like, oh, Johan's body's coming out. Oh, what a shame. He's like, he has to leave his body now. But then it turns into Lobster Johnson. And in a corporeal enough form where Kate and Abe both see him and are like, Lobster Johnson? What? (laughs) Lobster Johnson busts into the infirmary where where Liz is sleeping on uh, all of these like uh, tubes and equipment and everything attached to her starts just riddling her body with bullets, but it actually hits, I guess it like goes through or into her consciousness. Ghost bullets. Yeah. Ghost bullets (laughs) that like enter her, the realm that she's in and shoot this guy who's like, a golden ornate outfit turns back into snakes and slithers away. And he's like cut on the face like a bullet grazed him. Liz <laughs> Liz wakes up. Lobster Johnson's ghostly figure evaporates. 
And she's like, what's going on? And that's exactly what I was wondering at the end of this issue. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? It's such a wild turn. It's we crazy. already have so much on the playing field. And then to, to reintroduce in Br- Lobster Johnson is who, which it's like, what? I, I never would have guessed it. I was like, <laughs> complete. I was like, what's happening here? Uh, like I, a very fun, crazy surprise that I'm like, I need to know the answer to this immediately. And I personally did go ahead and read that. I was like, I'm just reading this next issue right now. I don't. I gotta see yeah, what the fuck. Is I did going the same on. thing. But sorry, listeners, we're not discussing that next issue now. Yeah, yeah. But even though I don't think that next issue, which is great, and we'll get to it, doesn't doesn't answer all the questions at all no um we have a lot of ways to go but yeah wow what a wild ride yes particularly i think both issues are a wild ride but i would say that three gets us to four it's very much like a transitional issue and it's getting it's adding to it but man issue four is fucking just fully like shit is continually hitting the fan (sighs) for a full issue yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a stream of shit hitting the fan for, you know, 20 minutes or however long it takes it you to really, read it. Oh, it has so many great elements, though. I got to hand it to their storytelling. It's really cool. It's so fun. And I and the fact that, like, you are able to continue. They've been going on for years now with this, these stories to continually, to continually surprise us by just reintroducing a character that way. Yeah. Like Lobster Johnson and what a turn. And I mean, I, got, I gotta love it. I gotta love them for like, I think what I love is that I think a traditional storyteller that we've seen or somebody that loves this kind of storytelling will just sort of copy what they've seen before. Like, great, Johan would come back, knock this guy down, we'd probably end on a cliffhanger there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of like him getting the upper hand. This one's like, no, we're gonna fucking let, we're gonna fucking kill off this body for Johan. Sucks. He only had it for like three minutes. Yeah, he got to, he got to blow. He had it for like a month or something. How long did he Yeah, he got to, not very long. He got to masturbate and then get some, Get some ass. Yeah, he got. He, he got to get in a cool fight and got then got drunk. <laughs> it's Sucks. so wild. There's so. I mean, every again, Guy Davis is one of the artists I can't. I have such a hard time finding a favorite in here because it just all flows so well. All the all the violence I got it. I, I hate to like say violence is great, but this is well done violence. It is. Yeah, it's very <laughs> effective. I'm just sitting here staring at Johan trying to hold his face back on, and like his look, like his eyes look terrified and i think that that works really well here where it's like he's been pretty cocky in his new body you know he's like he doesn't look scared at the beginning of the fight and then you know his face gets cut in half and he's all of a sudden he's like oh no i'm losing every like too soon yeah i'm dying again he's literally having his second death and it came out came very soon oh i love it i really particularly love this form of the jaguar god daimyo monster like daimyo daimyo i love that his body appears to have fur on it but then his head is it's almost as if the monster is wearing a suit yeah (laughs) because the head is like all flesh and no fur feline now but yeah it still is like hairless which like makes it look like a I don't know like a jaguar with mange or something. It just looks like really creepy. The stuff yeah. between human and jaguar uh, state that he's in. Yeah, very off-putting. As we were reading it this time with the, the walkthrough for the show, I was like, <laughs> "Here's here's a wild pitch down the line. If they ever made a BPRD TV show, live action TV show, and they make it and they go through the whole series." And we, we make it to this storyline. When they introduce this body that uh, Johan gets for a, like maybe like half a season. Yeah. They sh- it'd be great if that this this body that he got was a guest star by Chris Rock. And Chris Rock is in it. We're all like, cool, dude, Johan's Chris Rock for this. And then Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. Or no, not sorry, not Chris Rock. The Rock. <laughs> I said there Chris you Rock. Go. I'm I was like, kidding. why Chris Rock, dude? I don't know why I said Chris Rock, That's but we're gonna, so I'm not funny. editing that air out. <laughs> I, was I, just like, I was like, oh, you want to have like just rolling guests of people that Johan, he like went into their body or something. 
Yes, that's where they should do that too. Each week there's a guest star. A guest, that's a whole different I thing. Guess but yes. Johan. So yeah, not Chris Rock. The my Rock. apologies, but very funny. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Makes Johnson. Makes a lot more sense. But if it was Dwayne the, the Rock Johnson as this guy, and then watching him, like, audiences be like, oh, fuck yeah, this is fun. And then watching The Rock just get ripped apart would be extra, like, a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, oh, he's in it for two episodes. Which I would love. But And then, you know, the idea of, like, a star like The Rock allowing himself to be like, yeah, let's just rip me apart at yeah. the end of this would be so fun. You'd have to have somebody <laughs> confident, like they wouldn't want to be, you know, some people don't want to be portrayed as, as looking weak or losing, yeah, which is so crazy. Yeah, that's like in their contracts yeah. and stuff. It's so weird. Well, hopefully he'll be in, like, by the time they make it, he'll be in a state where he could be like a Steven Seagal and get killed in the first, like, 30 minutes of executive decision. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think The Rock has exceeded any Seagal. Uh, he's beyond Seagal, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's certainly, yeah, I think he's But I'm just saying, elevated hopefully... Hopefully be in a position where he can take those fun roles where it's just like a one off. (laughs) Where he's like really old. I really liked. um, Have we seen prior to right now Guy Davis doing Lobster Johnson? I feel like this is our first rendition that I can think of. He looks cool. Uh, Yeah, I really like. He's a man on a mission. (laughs) Very much so. He runs right in, blasts into Liz, and then. Uh, you know, pieces out. Liz wakes up with enough time to see him before he totally dissipates. Yeah, it's what a little mystery to be left with. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't take it. I was like, I gotta read five. But yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that next time. <laughs> Great. Any other additional favorites from these two chapters of this wild ride? Just being able to finally see Daimyo in his full jaguar form was really great. He looks really cool. This is a fucking cool looking monster. Yeah, that's a damn cool. That and the uh, Wendigo. I love when the. I really do like when the Wendigo gets away and that wide shot of it jumping fucking Into the off of. Snowfall. Yeah, it's like yeah. how far did he jump off that cliff? Because they're just. He just Slept. went for it. I love all that. All the gore is great. Everything is great about this it's stuff. It's gnarly, yeah. It's such a fun ride. I'm excited to talk about in the next episode, the Hell final yeah. chapter of this. Me too. So cool to... S- yeah. That's, I don't know. I I'm, have a recommendation based off of this. I'm floored. I'm floored right have now. Have you seen... It's uh have you seen Ricky O the story of Ricky? So this is um it's a it's a Hong Kong martial arts film but it's based on a Japanese manga called Ricky O. And okay. it's it was uh when what year did it come out? 91 and it has like it makes perfect sense that it's based off a of manga cuz it's the violence in it is outrageous. And I mean if you want to talk about like practical effects this movie's got it all for you and it's just a f- fun fun movie. It's fucking awesome and the dubbed lines are so funny in a way that's like intentionally funny. Wait, 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 wait. I'm dumb. I have seen this movie. It's so fun. I have seen this movie on my old podcast, the one where I would watch movies. I would watch anything once uh, Devin Field came on. Dude. Uh, he, he was a, com- a, a comedian uh, and writer, and he showed me this. I got, I will double, I will vouch for this. This is yeah. a wild ride. Everybody watch this movie. It's so good. If, if you liked the blood and gore of these couple issues... Uh, you know, prepare yourself for for this fucking movie. It's, oh, this movie's wild. It's just great. It's just great. It's like beyond being hokey. You know, like some movies are like hokey and bad, so you laugh at them like Mystery Science Theater them. But this one's like so much that it's like the king of that kind of a movie because it's actually yes. good. Like it becomes good. <laughs> you know? Yes, it, 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 because it has a heart behind it. The people it that made it genuinely were going trying to make a fun, good movie. Yeah. And they did it. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Everybody should watch that that movie. Yeah. Uh, my only suggestion was going to be watch the first two Alien movies, Alien and nice. Aliens. Yeah. Because I think that, again, similar to the thing, it's all about like being stuck in one place yeah, and dealing with a monster. Yeah, ship and yeah, very like close quarters. And I highly suggest those. My other suggestion for you, and everybody, anybody out there can watch it, but I want to give this one to you, Kate, because I want you to give it the Thompson treatment because I think it might need it. Because <laughs> I, I watched it because I was excited to watch it because I'd heard the movie you you 
you've talked about The Strangers and liking the movie The Strangers. Yeah. Um, the director of that, Brian uh, Bertino, did a movie called The Monster. I think the movie's worth watching just to see the monster um, creation. I don't know if the movie holds up 100%. I don't think it's that great. I think it's a movie that had cool potential, but it it's 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 like a B, you know what I mean? A, a good B watch. So you might have to give it that Thompson treatment. But it's called yeah. The Monster. It stars Zoe Kazan. It literally takes place in like a one location where they're like stuck on a street with a fucking monster. And the monster's cool looking. Nice. And then that made me think of this movie. I'm assuming, I assume you've seen this. Uh, and probably a lot of our listeners have seen it. But if you haven't, for great cr- creature design, which we talked a lot about with Guy Davis, you should definitely go out of your way to watch Attack the Block. Fucking great movie. Oh, yeah. And the creatures in that are awesome and they're practical and then they like digitally like just enhance them and it's fucking amazing. I love that movie. Yeah, they're extremely cool. Uh, But that's it for um, discussing that the issue and giving any suggestions. I mean, you can tell for the listeners, we're both just want to get to the last issue, but we're saving it for next episode. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything at BPRD just makes me super excited and just to keep reading it. It's been so good. This yeah. Arcudi and Guy Davis run. It's just fucking awesome. Big page turner. Ugh, Dave Stewart coloring anything that Guy Davis does is amazing. Um, so we want to hear from you too. If you can uh, reach out to us and tell us your thoughts about these BPRD storylines or anything else we've covered, that's it. Ah, crap, a Hellboy podcast at gmail.com. And speaking of emails, we got a little segment for you at the end of this. Oh boy, email. Email. Um, this is a follow-up from last uh, segment. We had Kevin Hines, who again, he's a co-host of the the podcast screw we're just going to talk about comics we've been on that we've had him on air we've been on the screw we're just going to talk about spidey podcast which is now screw we're just going to talk about comics he followed up with us on his previous email um, about beast of burdens um, to say this this again comes from kevin hines he says just listen to weird tales nine Jill Thompson, as you mentioned, draws Beasts of Burden, which, as I mentioned, is written by Evan Dorkin. You can listen to the last episode where we just read that email if you want to get caught up. For some reason, you're jumped ahead. (laughs) I don't know why you would. And then it says, Jill's other big comic credit Scary Godmother involves monsters like vampires and skeletons. So you might dig the art in those stories. The tales are kid-friendly, and I like them a lot. Kev Walker also did a great run on Guardians of the Galaxy, the run that inspired the movie. Scott Morse is great, as you mentioned. He he mostly does animation. Lots of his comic stuff, mostly indie, was from a while back. I really enjoyed his stuff a lot, but I mostly just want to share this painting he did of Han Solo that I bought from him years ago. So he sent us an email. And it includes this picture. I will share it on our feed to our listeners the week that this goes up. But it's a very cool. Oh, awesome. Very. If you love Star Wars and love art, this is it is a great Han Solo. It's fucking very stylistically cool. Again, this is by Scott Moore. So thanks, Kevin. This is a great, great suggestions for us to read um, and great share for us. That's awesome. I love that. I'm jealous of that Han Solo. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's really (laughs) cool. So that's great. So again, you we want to hear like that email from Kevin Hines. We'd love to hear from all you listeners out there. You can reach out again at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at ahcrapahellboypodcast, Twitter ahcraphellboy, as well as please subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you listen to the podcast on so that we can have more listeners come to us. And if you are an Apple podcast or if you just want to go out of your way to do this, we'd love for you to do it go on to apple Podcasts, give us a five star review and if the review starts with the word boom we will read your review right here on the show and give you a big old shout out and praise you we call that boom reviews so get on there get on apple podcast give us a five star review that starts with boom so we can add you to the boom reviews but that's it i mean i don't know what else we can say about this issue i think you've heard our excitement and our voices about how much we're loving this mysterious chaos weird as hell (laughs) 
bloody, gory, violent <laughs> issue. Yeah, we're loving this this BPRD stuff, and we're excited to see where how it ends and where it goes. And we hope you are too. Um, and hope you're reading with us. If not, you can. In- Give us an email like the professor and inform us on what we're missing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's it. Um, Thank you all out there for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, We wouldn't do the show if it wasn't for you. And remember, we love you. (laughs) I like that one. That was great. Wait, 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 wait. Does he does he fight to get an elephant back? No, 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 no. Do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? Then this is the podcast for you. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Will Hines and Kevin Hines, performers from the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater and actual brothers, talk about actual comic books they love, like Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and many more. If you prefer your podcast to be about fictional people talking about fictional books, this isn't it. But otherwise... Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. Campfire.